ESPN LA 710. And welcome back to the experience. I just got finished with a great interview with Dave Brown, a founder of Indie Night Film Festival. And for more information, you can log on to IndieNightFF.com. And uh, he happens to know our next guest, L.T. Hutton, producer of All Eyes on Me. The true and untold story of prolific rapper, actor, poet, and activist Tupac Shakur. Directed by Benny Boom. Being released June 16th. Welcome to the show, LT. Hey, what's going on? What's going on? Talking to Dave Brown and Sue, I just interviewed him. And he was like, of course, I know LT. He's my man. I was like, you have to stay. You have to stay and talk. Yeah, LT. LT has touched a lot of people in L.A. and Chicago. I mean, this brother's a producer, music, and now hitting the films. Man, I, t- I said, yo, I got to be here for this. 100%. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. LT, tell us why you chose to take on All Eyes on Me. Multiple reasons. When I set out to do um, film in 1997, uh, after Pac's passing, you know, Pac's life was a uh, a beacon of light for, for, for us. And it was that, you know, flash to go in to say, hey, you know, we need to do something different. We need to, you know, change and, and reevaluate our thinking and, and, and how we conduct ourselves in, in society. And his message of what he lived for and what he stood for just rang so loudly in my head, you know, and even me making the transition into film. So when I finally got my own division in my own company, I um, decided to do a, a slate of films about, you know, our culture. And um, I wanted to tell the stories from our point of view, um, not from the outside. So mm-hmm. I, I felt like we needed more stories about us, by us, you know, um, and I, in my entire slate, I've changed it to um, films that are, you know, deep, deeply woven into the fabric of our culture and our world. And um, I wanted to just take the a great responsibility to tell these stories, you know, to the highest level of what they are, but also adding a, a higher level in production value, you know, to telling the story, to make the stories, you know, more real you know i mean because like sometimes you can have a great story if you don't have the production value it it tends to lose the bite that it needs because it it looks cheap you follow what i'm saying yes absolutely and and, um you know so it's it's almost like in the spirit like of why dave did indie night to give more opportunities and more outlets and and a a lane for different uh creative spaces we don't have a lot of creative uh, opportunities right. in the world. You know, um, this summer you got almost 76 films coming. Um, only one of them are uh, urban mainstream content, mm-hmm. you know, and it is pop culture. You know, I hate to even have to put a category on right. it, but let's, let's, let's just be clear about it. Yeah. You know, you have to be honest when you approach it. So, you know, every year we get maybe one or two films that are considered, quote-unquote, black films you know and that's not you know it, like how how do you even keep up a, a a healthy ecosystem with actors uh black directors black producers you know uh just people of color in general like you know I, so i wanted to broaden the horizon and, and give more opportunities so um i set a path to do films that were basically multicultural but mm-hmm. based in a, a a a world where it's uh going to be able to 
Everybody's going crazy. Okay. <laughs> this premiere, this premiere, is my phone is just nonstop. You're blowing up. <laughs> oh my goodness. I just want to, you know, cater to 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 that, you know, un, underserviced market, you know. So this being one of the IPs and you know one of the most iconic uh, scenarios in the world, um, you know, Tupac was just he, he, he was a great uh, fit for me to make a, a person for me to make a film about. Well, you know, I took that journey. LT, because you come from the music background of, you know, putting a lot of people on and you work with Pac and everything. I know the soundtrack for this film is going to be incredible. Yeah. Are there some tracks that you're going to add it in that Pac has done that has never been released? Um, um, really, really with this with this film, um, the soundtrack, you know, when everyone uh, that, that has seen the film at this point, they're... Um, they're, they're they're overwhelmed with like oh the soundtrack you know the soundtrack to the film is I, I didn't add anything to it because mm-hmm. I, I used the music to uh, tell you you know music describes sometimes person place or thing you like you know what the summer of ninety was yeah. you know what I'm saying yeah. you, you know you know what the 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 song in the club that came on in in ninety two that had everybody going. So you know, I uh, when you when Public Enemy plays, you know for a fact you're in the '80s, yeah. uh, like '89. You, you know where you're at. You know what mm-hmm. I mean. So when when we're in the Bay Area in that too short city of dope and all that plays, you mm-hmm. know what I mean. So I, I use music uh, as a kind of uh, time. You know, I, I did it like a time capsule. So I, I use music to trigger certain things and to tell you where you were at that particular time and place. So we place the music. So it's authentically and organically placed so it's not like screaming at you, uh, this is why that song was. You, you right. know what I'm saying? There's no foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. So the soundtrack had to be uh, period specific, so I wasn't able to, you know, add in certain stuff and, and, and new records because I wanted it to all be, you know, period specific. There will be a tribute album, you know, after this to, you know, for people that want to... Uh, kind of pay homage to Pac and, and you know, we got all the new artists and a lot of different people in Pac spirit that have made and turned in some incredible records. So that would be a tribute album. But as far as the soundtrack to the film, um, it's uh, period specific. So, um, I, you know, I didn't want to mess with it. So when you see it, you'll be like, oh, there is music. But the music, like, man, you know, right. the music is heavy. The music music tells a story in itself. That's why a lot of people go in, you know, Breon and everybody like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. The music selection is crazy. LT, can you talk about how you you're talking about how you wanted to be, you know, the behind the scenes and what actually took place. Can you uh, talk about how you guys did that in the film and what makes this different? So here's the thing. Um, I created the film and I call it the Holy Trinity, Hmm. which is who Tupac was, who he wanted to be and then who he had to be to survive the worlds that he was introduced into. So with, with that type of mechanism. I was able to find a through line, which is Pac's point of view. So I made the film in a way where you can argue with me, you can argue with uh, another person on, on, on the staff, but you cannot argue with Tupac. So I created the th- this thing called the Tupac Bible. And in the Tupac Bible, like I said, we follow the Trinity, who Tupac was, who he wanted to be, and who he had to be to survive the worlds that he was introduced into. So at each point of the film, you'll, you will find yourself where, okay, you'll say, that 
who Tupac was right there. That's that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's who he wanted to be right there. Now, okay, I get that. Then you'll say, oh, man, that's who he had to be mm-hmm. right here because he got to survive that world. Meaning, a lot of times with this film, what I wanted to show, a lot of times we criticize people's choices, mm-hmm. but not never understanding what they had to choose from. Yes, you follow what I'm true. saying? Oh, so absolutely. you can't say that my choices are wrong if you don't even know what I had to choose from. So if I can show you the trajectory of this man and show you what he had to choose from, maybe you will understand him more and say, okay, well, that choice wasn't that bad because the other thing that he could have chose could have meant something detrimental to somebody or to somebody else. So it's just to give some understanding and compel, not excuse, but some understanding to why he did what he did and what set Tupac on that journey and what put the fire in him to have the work ethic that everyone talks about. You know, so for me, what makes this different, I told it from a place where it was about the biggest point of view of all, which is Tupac's point of view. That's how I was able to feel confident in the title, Tupac, the untold story, because a lot of times in biopics, we add our own character and we add in things that we think that people will want to do. And then we over uh, fantasize, you know, certain scenarios. And then the other scenarios, we over romanticize those. So it, you just end up with a piece that seems like it's it's unreal. And that's the last thing you want to do with a biopic is make something about a real person feel unreal, you know? Yeah, right. absolutely. Right. And, and me and Dave, we were talking about that uh, previously, about how you are able to portray, you know, the stories. There's always another side to a story. Right. Um, and how are you able to portray that on film to bring out, you know, the truth right. of it all? Here's the thing. Like I said, the discipline to stay within what did Tupac say? Because uh, the other sides of the stories are added in to have the opposition. So what I did was, I I don't want to tell the movie, but Mm. I created a framing device where I had uh, the actor Hill Harper played this character where he became the opposition in a interview type of setup. You you follow what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So at each point in the story, when I was needing to have a question answered or the other side told, Hill would trigger that with asking the question as from the perspective of the other side, Mm -hmm. you know, and then Tupac would have to answer that. So you got both sides of it. And then like, and for me, like I said, the, um, it's not a bunch of stories about what people thought Pac was. This is what, like when you, as you've seen in the movie where, you know, uh, Jada asks him. You know, you I kept you. I claim you claim to be a player, but I effed your wife. What is that? What kind of lyric is that to say about this man's wife in the diss record? Mm-hmm. He explains in his own words. Like I said, this is the Pac POV part. Of it. I wouldn't make up the answer to that. Yeah. I went to Pac's <laughs> right. actual dialogue, right. why he felt the need to put that in there, and it's you know it's documented. So I used that his exact words from. What, why he said he was mad and why he wrote that part. And I put that as his answer, you know, to the, uh, to, to the Jada character in that scene. So that scene is very powerful. Mm-hmm. And people are like, man, that's great dialogue. And it's like, but 
it sounds real because those were his exact words. So I created a system where, you know, and I did this throughout the film, where I created a system when we needed things answered, right. we asked Pac, you know, from, from the Tupac Bible. And you, we would scroll through and we found the answers to the questions that we asked in the film. And with that type of uh, trajectory, you cannot go wrong because we're following Pac's point of view. So we get both sides, you know, but the main voice in it is what Tupac said. And that's, that keeps it honest and true to the meaning of, you know, what we're trying to do in, in telling the Tupac story. You know, LT, you had, you said uh, Hill Harper. Um, name some of the people that you have in this film that have uh, bringing this to life. Because I know you, you picked the all-star cast. Yeah, it is. You know? Yeah, it's, uh, but, you know, we, 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 we dabble a few things. But like I said, uh, with Tupac, is the first time. Uh, first timer because I didn't want the character to bring any uh, extra baggage. You know, uh, I didn't want uh, any dogma. You know, coming with this character, you needed to see a clean slate. You know, and then, like I said, aesthetically, you had to be captured by this guy off the top, or you wouldn't believe him at all. You right. Know? And you remember when uh, me, you, and Jamie Foxx right conversations over and over again about characters that even he thought <laughs> should have been. You know, the guy and, you know, just aesthetically, it just didn't work as, as good as Demetrius Ship. So you have Denai Guerrero, which did a, a fabulous job as uh, playing Miss Shakur. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have uh, Jamie Hector playing uh, Matulu Shakur. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's uh, appearances from Cliff, Clifton Powell, um, oh. Hill Harper uh, is in the film. Uh, Kat Graham mm-hmm. is in the movie. Uh, Annie. Who else? Uh, Grace Gibson. Corey Hardrick. Yeah, Corey. Corey Hardrick. Oh, man, Corey. I Corey heard he, also, oh, I heard he did a great he, job. Oh, uh, he bodied it. Like, you know, it, 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 it's, there's a lot of good. Dominic Santana, uh-huh. uh, Erica Pinkett. You know, I've, you know, it's a lot of new faces, man. Like, uh-huh. it's, it's, and, you know, these people are going to work in Hollywood for a long time. I, like uh-huh. I said, I wanted to refuel the pond also. Corey, she's from The Walking Dead also. Oh, right. Oh, Lauren Cohen. Yeah, she played Layla Steinberg. Yeah. But uh, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a huge cast and a lot, a lot of greats in this thing, man. And, and a lot of, uh, like I said, newcomers that are, are going to absolutely, you know, demand. And I love that about you because you giving everybody opportunities, man. You don't understand how many doors you're opening up for people. You know, and and giving them the opportunity to shine in a biopic like this yeah. because this is huge. Two boxes. Hey, come on, you know what? Everybody doing the NWA and every people are waiting for Tupac. You know, know. what I'm saying? Because <laughs> they know this voice by itself stands, and it's going to make you know it's going to be incredible. So you know, we thank you for giving everybody that opportunity too. Um, I mean, come on, and and Dave, you know our fight, man. Yeah, our fight is is it's not it, it's it is so sad. You know when. You know, we're in Hollywood. We see right. it every day, every all day. day. Like the opportunities are for for, for great pieces and, and great bodies of work. That is, it's just, it's so sad that the opportunities. Like we should be. You know, like I said, I'm. You know, I'm starting. You know, a, this thing was a movement. It's not just a movie. It's a movement. movement. Absolutely. You know, for us to be able to, you know, tell stories. Not and like I said, not just biopic, but just content. Content that you know, resonates or, or means something to us. And, and, and even, like I said, our comedies, you know, right. it's like our comedies don't have to be watered down. Like, I mean, all the way out the last 
ensemble um, cast of a, uh, I hate saying black movie, but, you know, it was Harlem Nights. Yeah. You know, you haven't seen yeah. that again since. So, you know, I have a comedy that, that calls for an ensemble cast where we bring all of these brothers mm-hmm. together. You know, it, it doesn't have to be one person in the movie. Okay, that's it. That's right. One person over here in the movie, and that's it. Let's let's bring everybody together for that power pack scenario so you can see all of these people shine in one film. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's just there's just... There's no outlet, and that's why I always commend you for what you did with, with Indie Night, Thank you. giving people an outlet to play and showcase, you know, these things that if you weren't doing what you were doing, they probably would never get seen. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's like um, I was sitting here um, after doing interview after interview after interview, and with looking at it, you know, and I'm sitting there on the phone with presidents of studios, mm-hmm. and I'm explaining to them, certain things that they just don't get and it's and it's for me it's like it is out it blows me away that we could be living in 2017 and people that are behind the scenes actually calling the the shot right have not a clue (laughs) about what is wanted Mm -hmm. and what will and then you say they'll take a piece of material and they'll throw hundreds of millions of dollars behind it not even understanding that the concept right. won't work. Right. You know what I mean? Forget they just throw money at it. Then we'll take something and and, and have to do it for four or five million dollars. You right. know what I'm saying? Where the concept is great, everything is this, everything is that, and then they just don't get it yep. and won't put it out. But they will support. And I'm going to say it because you know this this is me. I'm oh, right. I'm outspoken. But they'll do a movie like Sausage Party. Right. 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 Well, you know, you said Harlem Nights, and I, I was able to talk to uh, the Robbie Reeds, you know, who cast Harlem Nights. And she was talking about how hard it was for Eddie Murphy to get all these comedians. You know how many Eagles yeah. was in that movie? <laughs> you know, a lot. together. And, but he did it, and it hasn't been a movie like that in He's a long great. time. You know? Yeah. And so that, this is what it's all about. You're right. It's our and, community. And I, and I wanted to just champion that, you know, and like I said, in the spirit of, you know, doing these type of films. And, and that's why it's so important that we support, you know, yeah. our films. And that's why, you know, uh, you probably heard me say things about some, some people who were, you know, being negative against, right. you know, the few, the one scenario that we have all summer. We have nothing else this summer, really, right. you know, um, and, you know, to speak anything again you know, like we got to support support and, yes and we have to you know i'm i'm not personally I, you know I, i'm trying to start the movement where i'm not going to ask for a seat at the table anymore i'm just going to get my own table and put chairs there and make yeah. my table better than that table and that's what we were talking about is that this this whole community it's a yeah. community of people and that's what dave's doing with indie night and you create your own mm-hmm. lane yeah Absolutely. LT, can you talk about uh, Demetrius Ship? As an actor, he is playing Tupac. How did you go about having him express this in a way that it's not him trying to act like Tupac, but him being Tupac? Um, that was the most important thing, you know, in, in, in the casting process. And like I said, um, I even had experience with Dave and, and, and them, you know, and, and Fox about. You know, we went back and forth because it was more to it 
than just looking like him. You know, of course, mm-hmm. looking like him is essential when the, with a film like this because if you're not blown away aesthetically, it, it's going to take you a while to get into the character. And like I said, with Hollywood, you know, they, you know, actually was trying to force me to use a a light skinned Tupac that, and, and it's like, listen, <laughs> all black people don't look alike. Right. Okay, <laughs> so it, at least you can do is get close to the skin tone you know what i'm saying yeah. like is, there is a difference you know between you know the the shades so let's be clear with that so you know um especially someone who is as well known as Tupac, yeah. it's like right. it's almost like taking jesus off the cross and putting him on a circle you know what i mean it's like you can't do that people are going to call it out instantly like oh that's jesus was on the cross he wasn't yeah. on the circle so right. if you see a, a, a tupac uh character you're gonna you're gonna know off the top if he looks like Pac or don't you'll get it instantly but you know um, people would have been protesting if you you know cast it that way right i mean i know that (laughs) but they didn't know that's what i'm saying saying. these are these are fights like people have no idea they you do And, and 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 listen you will be surprised what hollywood thinks and how they like to try to portray us that's what I'm saying. That's why it's so important to have people like us in there fighting for the protection of these uh, scenarios. Like I said, when you watch the Leah, right? They Timberland was about 80 pounds in that movie, and <laughs> he was a, a skinny little light skinned guy. And right. they said uh, Timberland, and everybody's like, what? <laughs> That's like, not come Timberland. On. Like, come on, like, yeah, really, people, like. Yeah, y'all want to you gonna tell me that's Timberland? Like, <laughs> even if even if Timberland, what what? You know what I mean, it's just like come on, you got to respect that man enough to try to get close to his character. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, exactly. And, you know, and, and I'm not disrespecting these movies, but I'm just I, you gotta you know we are we are professionals, and you know we in the field to get called out on certain things, and, right. and it's just like we just got to do better. So with Demetrius Ship, um, I wanted to have. All of it, not just right. the over-personified, screaming and yelling. You know, I needed somebody to be able to pull off those quiet moments, those moments that get you deep and intimate with this character, because this is a drama, let's be clear. And, you know, a lot of people don't think that, you know, black people are ready for high dramas, which is like, you have you ever been around us and lived our life? Most of our lives every day is high drama. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm Right. So tell me that being said, go ahead. So LT, I mean, it's, you have, um, uh, you know, and especially you're doing films and stuff. Are you going to start branching out? And because you're saying that we, you know, we, we need, and it's true. We do need to have a lot more black TV shows. I mean, come on. Reality is taking over all of our shows. Mm-hmm. Or you want to start doing TV shows, you know, producing TV shows, um, you know, that will put everybody back on the block. We know that Netflix right now is killing the game, mm-hmm. you know? Right. All but, the streaming services. Are yeah. just, I mean, the, the content's needed. Yeah. But are you, I mean, trying to, you know, get, help us get more black shows back on TV? And, and that, I mean, is that direction you want to go to after, you know? One, one, see, the thing is, like, I, I've always done both. Right. It's just Tupac took up so much real estate in my life that um, I had to really just stop the production of, of, of a few other things that were going with their back up now. Okay. And 100% that uh, my company's called the program pitches. Okay. And the program pitches 
is to, you know, the reason I named my company program is to change the programming. He who controls is like this. I like to, I like to break it down to people like this. Perception is reality. Mm-hmm. The biggest definition of perception, I mean, of, 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 of is perception is reality. The biggest definition of perception is visual. He who controls the visual controls the perception. Mm-hmm. You follow what I'm saying? Right, yeah. Right. So who's in control of the visual? It's not us, my brother. Right. That's true. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yeah. So I wanted to get control of the visual so that, you know, in the perception, it is not so easy for you to be able to take a young kid with a bag of Skittles and an iced tea and make him a thug and a gangbanger just because the the perception has been controlled and, and, and programmed into so many minds, so many people's minds that it's easy to turn a kid, this is a teenager, mm-hmm. into a thug just because of the output of things that yes. we put out there. You guys are following me? Yes. Right. Right. Yeah. Because like I said, like I, I have to go back to older films. Like I learned how to, like when, when I saw Boomerang, mm. I wanted to dress sharp. You know what I'm saying? Classic. Like Eddie's character in Boomerang made me want to, you know, put down the, uh, the, the, the khakis and, and, mm-hmm. and the white t-shirts and, and actually look presentable. I wanted to go into marketing. You, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Film that inspired. You laugh. You know, you had a great experience. The you best know, man. We're not, we don't have a chance to do that. So with film and television, it's like the, the, the shows that you've got to go back to, like Jamie Foxx show. That was a, that was a yeah. great show. Yeah. Martin. Martin. You know, we don't have any of that. All we got is reality, smut, yeah. nonsense, you know, and, and, and naked pictures everywhere on the internet. It's just like, it is, it is, it is a cesspool when it comes to art and entertainment. So, you know, 100%, because the thing is, you know, they want the content, but no one's making it mm-hmm. because of how much it costs, uh, just not having the opportunity, not being able to get it off the ground. So with me being able to have uh, now completed some of the big production things, I'm able to say, okay, you don't want to make the content, Give me the budgets, I will. Okay, give me this, and then I'll be able to open that door and say, hey, these these people over here, you're not even looking at these people. These people have great projects and great ideas. You never heard them because they can't get into the office. I'll go find them. Boom, you have that. You have this. Go ahead. Flood the world with a whole new imagery. And, you know, so to answer your question, man, that's what I'm doing. Film, television, just content curation on a highest level Absolutely. and I, I intend to have a run you know <laughs> with Tupac who do you think today is I guess running in his shoes and and talking about social issues and mm-hmm. and getting the meaning out behind our societal problem uh, sad to say I, re- I really can't give that that to uh, quote-unquote just one person it would have to be a multitude of a couple of people um, but no one quite like Pac at this particular moment, you know, um, they're dealing, but not as brave as Tupac. And for a lot of different reasons, you know, Mm -hmm. um, the world is a little bit more political now. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people want to play it a little safer. That's what I really, really respected about Tupac is he didn't care, you know, Mm -hmm. like fearless, really. Yeah. He was fearless. And like, because, you know, nothing was going to, you know, deter him from saying what he said, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like he said it with no filter, and whatever, you know, repercussions came, you know, he just dealt. 
Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times now people, you, you say one wrong thing out of context, you're losing your job on the radio, you're losing <laughs> your TV station. Right. You know, they're, they're coming for you in, in every way. It's almost like freedom of speech where, you know, like you really can't say how you feel. You have to watch almost everything you That's say. Right. Yeah. Especially you with know, the social so media. A lot of artists, yeah, a lot of artists are bound you know, to certain things and, and really can't break out and speak up because, you know, they're, they're worried, you know, the companies that they're with or signed to or mm-hmm. even in, in their hearts, they're, they're, you know, scared of uh, some of the backlash, you know, and uh, so I, I I can't really name one person, you know, but there's, there is some, a couple of guys that I do give nods to, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, of, of trying to be that, but I can't really say anybody's doing what, like, Pac did. Dave, what about you? I, you know, I, I think I'm more on the artistry just across the line, whether it be rappers or actors and everything like that. I think we need to, I don't think we do enough of it. We don't come together and think about how we can branch and really take on. Because, I mean, look at, we, we have to really try to redefine what Black Hollywood is. How many people know what NAACP is? These kids don't exactly. even know what it is these days. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And we have to really, I mean, we we have to make more noise because at the end of the day, I said social media, as I said earlier, is taking over. Yes. These kids don't know how to communicate. But but I feel that what you guys are doing is bringing the content to yeah. the masses that are, it is opening up minds. Just like I was telling Dave here, why I love my show so much is I'm, I'm able to bring issues out and present it in maybe a sports format or on the sports show and make people hear it because they wouldn't be open to it, hearing it otherwise. So mm-hmm. through your content, you're able to explore different uh, thoughts, d- different ways to bring an issue to light. Yeah, yeah you understand, when, when, when you get to the point where, you know, you got actors that have been working on their craft, mm-hmm. sharpening up their tools for years, and they, uh, they get overlooked, because they go with a person in the film who has more Instagram followers. followers. <laughs> you know, that is, that is crazy. That is hard for me. You know, that, I actually, I actually see that, and you know, it's it's gut wrenching. You know, and yeah. it's, it it is such a terrible space now where you know we we have to jump out and try to compete on you know something that's you know I I, I call Instagram it's monopoly money. You know, but but in that perception, like I said, perception is reality. So people, you know, they 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 get looked over. I mean, great actors and actresses get looked over for somebody that has a bigger Instagram following. Or it's like to 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 really make content on Instagram uh, followers and likes. You know, that is the wrong way to make. You know, content. And, you know, I don't. You know, I don't care who gets mad. Like I tell people all the time. Like, you know, um, they say, "Well, you've been in a long time, and how long you?" I said, "I'm here until they, you know, well, even if they try to blackball me, you know, I've, I've, I'm trying to take that out of the system too." Where that's what I'm saying. Like, we have to have. I was said when I talked to Dave and everybody. Uh, my biggest mission was, I said, you know, you can have everything else. I want the power. In Hollywood, I want the power to be able to say, no, I'm not going to follow these trends. We're going to make great pieces of art. It's like I said, the reason why I said 
you know, like, well, we need to do this movie. I, no, I'm focusing on stories from us. You know, I just have to right now because, you know, the other market is oversaturated, number one, um, and they have enough. There's nobody just mm-hmm. really campaigning and championing for us the way I feel like we need to. And, um, like, I, you know, because it's so, like I said, nobody would have really, you know, in Hollywood given Benny Boom this type of opportunity right. on this type of budget. You know, they consider him a, a music video director, you know, and they didn't they didn't think that he could be the Joseph Kahn. Joseph Kahn was a music video director. Mm-hmm. F. Gary Gray was a music That's video right. director. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and look at what they've done. You know, Brett Ratner is was a music video director. Mm-hmm. So it just takes someone who has vision and the know to mm-hmm. say, Okay, we're going to bring more uh people into this pond. You're like it's like Hollywood was a was a was a pond that everybody fished from, but it was never uh, restocked, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like, you know, it is a such a small pool that it's like, who's going to change it? Who's going to bring, you know, new Hollywood? You know, <laughs> not, I don't even call it black Hollywood. I just say new Hollywood, you know, meaning black Hollywood. But new Hollywood is coming at, at, at a great rate, and every film doesn't have to be, you know, Marcus Garvey. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Right. There, there is comedies. There are, you know, other stories. Every story doesn't have to, you know, we shouldn't have the limits because, like I said, where's our 300? You know what I'm saying? We should be able to make mm-hmm. a 300, you know, without people saying, why would they try to do that? And uh, but it's not going to happen if, if we don't, you know, have people like Dave, myself, and, you know, uh, I feel like I'm a revolutionary yeah. now in film because, like I said, I don't fit the normal bill. Right. And, you know, I wear my suits and I, I do that. But um, I was in one meeting and uh, I, uh, it came from a different place and I had on what I have on in, in the hip-hop culture. And, you know, when I began to speak and, and we had the meeting, after the meeting, the guy pulled me aside and said, you know, you don't look like you sound. I was expecting something different to come out of your mouth. And and I said, why? You know, and he was like, no, I'm just saying. And that. I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm just saying. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. So, so I almost vowed to say, okay, and some of my means, I'm going to walk in, in, that, in those means with as much culture on as possible. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, you know, I, I was like, I'm, I'm, I put my suits away. And I, I picked up my, my J's, you know what I'm saying, my my, 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 my jeans, you know, I just, I'm like, I'm going to give you, because the thing is, if you cannot accept the culture, mm-hmm. don't try to benefit and pick the bones and, and, and have all this monetary gain from the culture, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And I, I was like, I felt like I was trying to do something. Like I said, I still wear my suits, but I, I felt it. Judge the book. They judge the book. My yeah, God. I just had to push. Like, yeah. okay. This is I'm gonna give I'm gonna give you all of you know the '90s you know said the uh, 2000 hip hop I'm, I'm gonna give it all to you you know right. it's, it's still still sharp but you know I'm, I was just like I'm in every meeting I'm gonna push this culture on people yeah. man so you know your your, your way of thinking um, you know I, I when I look at LT I compare you to another brother that I, I sat down and talked to known for years Mike Bivens. Mm. You guys have that creative 
genius minds. Like you see beyond mm-hmm. what's going on. And you've always been that way, man. And and when I listen to you talk, I, I can hear Mike, his same thing, you know, of course, grabbing boys to men back then and yeah. blowing them up to, you know, you guys really create that lane for anything you do. And I believe that, man, you, you're about to touch something big here, bro. You are going to kill the game. I appreciate it. Yeah. Appreciate it. And again, all eyes on me. Uh, Legends never die. It opens June sixteenth. Uh, how do you feel about this uh, this opening? I know it, you've been you know working on this for quite some time. I am right now <clears throat> uh, looking at six days to a decade coming to a uh, <laughs> close. Um, it's 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 gratifying when people see the work, right. you know, and, and receive it because they understand it was done. Like, like I said, I don't think another one would ever take me that long. I wouldn't even do another one. that would take that long yeah. <laughs> to tell you the truth. Um, this one just had, this one had a lot to it for the simple fact. Um, there was a lot of people fighting against actually telling a story like this because of what it represents and what it represents you know, to a lot of people now, and I'm like, I keep explaining to people like, oh, I haven't had a moment to even take it in because, you know, I'm in a constant fight with just, you know, I don't, I still, you still don't know how they play it at, going to play it at the theaters, even though we have a super wide, wide release, we have over 3,000 plus screens and they're adding more because they still did not get the magnitude of what this is. You have uh, people, white people that are 65 years old you know, and they're walking up to me and saying, thank you for making this movie mm-hmm. because they were Tupac fans when mm-hmm. they were 40 something. Right. You dig what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, then I have my, 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 my daughter's uh, friends, you know, when they were, some of those kids are like 13 and 14 years old, you know, and they're wearing Tupac t-shirts and I'm like, what do you know about this? <laughs> right. You know, so, you know, that is a huge you know, scenario. So when I go in and I tell the distributor, hey, man, I need 4,100 screens. Right. You know, well, this is not Wonder Woman. This is not cars. And I said, why not? Mm-hmm. I want you to tell me why are, are we not at those numbers? Yeah, you know, right. and they don't even have an answer for that. You know, and, and just, just to be truthful, you know, it's just like, so for me, I'm fighting to get the the, the biggest numbers possible mm-hmm. just to, to make it what it needs to be. But the seeing of the content and what we did with the film and the mm-hmm. reaction that I've been getting for people that has made mm-hmm. me feel, you know, humbled and grateful because, you know, when, um, his name is, uh, uh some roper from can't get the station. He's on, he's been on TV. I'm from Chicago originally. He's been on TV for you know years so mm-hmm. um when when he when he walked in the studio and he broke down to me what the movie was and what he took away from it and he hit so many points that i had been in the editing room uh, arguing mm-hmm. with the to studio keep. and different people for these uh points to be in the film right. that mm-hmm. they said that nobody but me would get it because i'm too close to it and you know all the nonsense that mm-hmm. they say and i'm saying to these Elements have to be in there for the trajectory right. of the story and what we're trying to flesh out. Well, so, great. you know, when he walked in and he ran down the exact intent 
and he got everything that I was trying to say. It, it was like, mm. you know, one of my other producer partners, it was just vindication yeah. for me. Like, <laughs> this is what we're trying to do. You right. know, that's what that was the intent. And, and this guy has to be 65 year old white guy yeah. on the news. And he, you know, he just raved, yeah. raved and loved the film, you know, um, Everybody's raving about it. Yeah. Well, yeah, every you know, people are getting it, man. And I, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I, like I can't wait for Fox to see it so he can understand where where I was going, you know, because yeah. now right. when when you're talking hypothetical, people don't, you know, it's like, oh yeah, whatever, mm-hmm. this better be right. But you know, when Snoop sat down in the chair, when Big Boy sat down in the chair, when Buster Rhymes sat down in the chair, when Dwayne Martin sat down in the chair, got uh, Joe Torre sat down in the chair, and the, these people you know, were stuck and, you know, the emotions were uncontrollable, you know, at the end of the film, you know, those are the moments that I was like, okay. LT, can you talk about Tupac's mom and her vision? The thing with with that whole scenario is, you know, in that discussion, she only had uh, a few things that she wanted to be mutually consulted on. And, um, so she, you know, she put those things in the contract of what she wanted to have a uh, meaningful consultation on. And um, instead of going back and forth with, with Ms. Shakur, what I, what I did was I just designed a way to not use the things that she uh, wanted to go back and forth for. So it's like not to give you a version and then have you approve it. If you don't feel comfortable with it, you know, to the point where you wrote them on a piece of paper to make sure it was done right yeah. or done in a certain way, I'll just not do those things. And so pretty That's much awesome. I, I was able to fulfill um, that part of it by just, you know, giving her her complete wishes and just not doing the list of things that uh, she listed on the paper. Well, you're also doing pre-sale tickets. Right. So people can, mm-hmm. you know, which is great. I think we need to let everybody out yes. there to know to go get this ticket. Get five tickets. Yes. And the, and the more, is it true, the more like uh, we go to the show that the more it'll open up in other theaters around the country? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the thing is, like like I said, from the pre-sale, it's actually, you know, the pre-sale and the actual awareness uh, that it has, you know, made no one as absolutely ever really goes a month out in pre-sales and anything happens. We went a month out and, you know, theaters are selling out. You know, it, it made other people put their uh, showings up early. You know, mm-hmm. um, so you know, like I said, we we had a we have a huge. You know, three thousand is huge. Right. I'm just saying. You you know you what? Know, I, I, I just wanted that uh, Captain America and Wonder Woman. Yeah. Be with the same. Yeah. You know, it's, that's that's more of uh, just like, hey, listen. Well, don't put us on three thousand because <laughs> you think it's urban. Like we we. We we get down, you know. This film, you know, pray to God that it, it does what everybody it's, says it's going to do. It. It's going to do. It. Lt, uh, what about showing your film at Indie Night Film Festival? Oh, what about let's have a party? Yeah. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm, I'm but I'm going to show the trailer. Do you want to show the trailer? Or do you want to show an extended? An, ex- uh, an extended, bro. I want to. I want to. I want to push this. I want to. Yeah, you know, we're gonna. We're gonna put this. I'm gonna put it on my site and everything. We're gonna push this, man, because this is going to be the number one movie and. And we're going to speak this in existence because, brother, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And we need to. It is it. happening. Yeah. It is happening. I'm so appreciative of the response. Like, I'm talking about people are going absolutely crazy. I'm talking about everywhere, you know. And um, and like I said, I'm so happy that now people have seen the movie mm-hmm. and can speak to what this is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not just, you know, me saying, okay, he, he put so much into it. He did this. He did that, you know. Um, they understand now why I 
when casting agents say, oh, LT, he was, he was crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm not crazy. I just wasn't going to let you do some crazy stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> what, you know, I wasn't going to go with the usual suspect. I love right. Tyrese to death, right? But, you know, when people, you know, early was pushing, you know, Tyrese as Tupac, the world would have killed me. You know what I'm saying? It couldn't happen. I love Michael B. Jordan. But that big rumor, you know, of, you know, yeah, Michael did a great audition. He did. But Michael B. Jordan, even he was like, bro, I don't need, you know, audition. But what he asked, he already knew. Like, it still would be Michael B. Jordan. It wouldn't be Tupac. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, this kid, you know, with that clean slate, man, like, when you watch it, like, I, I, I hate speaking hypothetical. I just, I just can't wait for you guys to see it. Wow. Like I said. I'm looking forward uh, to it. Yeah, Wednesday, you know, is the, is the premiere in Los Angeles. And, you know, and both of you guys are invited. You know, I can't wait till you guys see it. And, you know, another one thing we got to let the listeners know, that when you purchase your tickets, look at your ticket and make sure it says yes. all eyes on me. Because yes. at the end of the day, they will do that shady stuff. Yeah. Where yeah. they'll give you another ticket for another film. What? That's get, oh, yeah. Yes. We're just getting credit for it. I've been, I've, been, I've, been, I've been telling people, make sure your ticket says all eyes on me. Mm-hmm. You know, and I did a, a buy out the theater challenge because you know me, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hard on our, on, on our people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We buy these bottles and we buy these clubs and all that. Yep. We buy theater. You yep. know what I'm saying? It's less than what, you know, you, some people spend at the club that night, you know, right. you know, do that. Go, go, go buy a theater out. You know yes. what I'm saying? Producer L.T. Hutton of All Eyes on Me, the true and untold story of rapper, actor, poet, and activist Tupac Shakur. Definitely look forward to seeing the film, and it's been great. And founder of Indie Night Film Festival, Dave Brown, co-hosting with me. Yes, thank you, my man, D. Brown. Always. D. Brown is... D. Brown is a veteran out here, man. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yes. He's been in the game for a long time. Mm. And so we see what we see. And like I said, you know, for me, I'm not, you know, the guy, you know, it's it's, it's 2017. Yes. And my thing is I'm not begging for a seat at anybody's table. You know, it's mm. like we're taking excuses out and we're getting it done and we're going to create opportunity. Like I said, even the program pitches, you know, uh, my app, right. my actual digital space now is like a Netflix you know, I, I'm I'm doing digital distribution. There you, go. you know, uh, the program picture, you know, is its own distributor now. It's going to turn into a, a studio. Um, you know, I've, I've done multiple deals where, you know, I'm not, I don't even have to go to majors anymore. That's you know, great. Uh, we go straight to the theaters in different scenarios. So, you know, I'm just creating that arm and that extension to say, we don't have to beg for anything. Right. Let's create. forget about it. Let's yeah. take it. Let's create it. You're right. Yes. Just going to take it. And, 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 the, and how we do that is we make quality content that speaks for itself. You know? Amen. You know, that's it. That's how you compete with the nonsense. We got to make quality content <laughs> to show them a comparison. Oh, great. Well, we you know, we hope to get you back on again, man, to talk about the After Effects because it's oh. going to be a, a tsunami yes. on June 16th. And, um, you know, we, we are. Which is Tupac's birthday. Exactly. That's right. Right, right. That's right. 46th birthday. And I did that on purpose. Yeah. yeah. Great marketer, man. Great marketer. <laughs> And again, I want to thank Max Goose for hooking us up and then Dave Brown for hooking me up with Max. And then here you are, too, LT. Thank you guys so much for joining me. Thank you. This is ESPN LA 710. I'm Laferne Cusack. For more information, please log on to ESPNLA.com or check me out on Twitter at Laferne Cusack. See you next week. ESPN LA 710.